Amber Brown, podcaster in the accounting, finance, and fintech space. Our flagship show, Accounting Influencers, is now one of the world's leading podcasts in this genre and has a number of spin off shows over the years. This particular show is now focusing on talent, which, let's face it, is one of the biggest challenges for the accounting world at the moment. And the format stays the same. I interview the experts, the influencers, and the leaders in many different aspects of culture, talent employer brand succession, talent attraction, retention, soft skills, accounting credentials, qualifications, leadership, mental well-being, the brand of the profession, employee value propositions, employee engagement, increasing capacity and headcount in accounting firms, career development, and the usual HR, learning development, DEI, the great resignation, a ton of other talent-related issues in accounting. And whether you're hiring or being hired, happy where you are or considering a move, leading or following, employed or self-employed, totally skilled up and super employable or needing to refresh your skills, sharpen your personal brand. This is the perfect podcast for you accounting, finance and tech professionals to stay competitive, relevant and informed about all things talent in accounting. So let's get moving with today's show. Influencers Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting. Brought to you by Advanced Track. Hi, Swap Brown here with our Influencers in Accounting podcast. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, going out to 150 countries all over the world, I'm thrilled to have with me today a special guest from a different part of the world, Harvey Penny. Hello, sir. G'day, how are you doing? We're doing great. Harvey, tell the audience a little bit about you, your background and where you're at. Hey team, well, uh, officially dialing in from the Gold Coast, Australia, hence the very Steve-O and uh, G'day. So welcome to everyone in their 150 uh, countries. Uh, formerly, I'm an, an accountant, an author, a, a TEDx speaker, and um, I work, or I have the privilege of helping a, accountants turn their intellectual property into books and videos. And such a privilege to be here today, Rob. Great to have you, Harvey. Let's start off by asking what kind of shape you feel the accounting profession is in right now. You talk to accountants all the time. How are they doing? Yeah, it's um, very interesting post uh, the world or the accounting profession post uh, COVID, Rob. Uh, I feel there's definitely a sense of, um, I dare say the word tiredness. We've been uh, taken through some challenging times and have been forced with our clients to uh, guide them through to better days. And so uh, my wish is that accountants can start uh, using all the you know, vast intellectual property that they've got and all the experiences and the, the case studies and, 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 uh, and strategies uh, in order to help generate more results for their clients. And what I found from my period of, of public practice, Rob, is that when we generate and focus on getting more results for our clients, we end up generating more income for ourselves, more impact and, and more inbound opportunities. So it's a bit of a, a virtuous cycle. And let's be personal for just a moment, Harvey. You and I have had some conversations about our mortality and our brush with death. You've been through cancer. I've been through a stroke. It's interesting how your mindset changes, isn't it? When you've you've felt a little bit more mortal. It's um, a bit of a wake up call like COVID was for many of us. Um, I remember it as if it was yesterday, Rob, uh, 2015. Um, I had just bought my first accounting firm. I had just started writing my first book, uh, Cashed Up. Um, we had just won uh, one of the top 100 or uh, an award for being recognized as one of the top 100 companies uh, in Australia. Uh, I had met my now wife 
And uh, I felt like I was on the top of the world, you know, at 30 years old, how do you feel, Rob? Like kind of invincible or, or, or bulletproof. And, um, and I felt a lump, um, felt a lump in a part of my body where us men, uh, if you're listening in, especially don't want to feel anything abnormal. And it was in that moment that I was being blindsided by uh, cancer, uh, testicular cancer, Rob. And this kind of really challenging moment, like you may have had with your uh, your stroke experience of lying on that hospital bed thinking, well, you know, is, is this it? And this is not how I plan things to go, is it? <laughs> not at all. And, you know, we're accountants and we're used to doing reconciliations, right, Rob? And at that moment, lying on that hospital bed, I had to do a reconciliation of my own, not a, a zero or mild one, but a, a life reconciliation. And the question I had to ask myself and the question I'd love to maybe give as a gift to those listening in is, uh, is if today was the last day of your life, uh, would you be happy with what you've left behind? And for me, that was a really sobering uh, kind of moment, uh, not just uh, personally, uh, as, a, as a human being and as a future father, I wanted to have my own uh, family, uh, not only as an accountant and as an accounting firm uh, owner, uh, but this as a global citizen. And um, that was a real wake up call for me to find out, well, how can I embed more meaning into my life? How can I embed more purpose into my, my work that I do and how I show up as, a, as an accountant uh, every day? Uh, and how can I maybe extract a little bit more impact on the people around me, whether that's the team I had the privilege of serving or the clients that uh, we were also in a position of serving every day. So in many ways, it was, it was a, a, a wonderful transformation uh, in retrospect. <laughs> and it sometimes takes a life-changing event like that to recalibrate your views on legacy and stuff. It speaks a lot to mental health, mental well-being. We hear of the great resignation, quiet quitting now is this concept of just doing the bare minimum, forgetting discretionary effort, but just doing what you're paid to do in order to get something back of your work-life balance. You'll, and you'll be well aware of that concept, Harvey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was really interesting that, you know, I, I lost a part of me on that hospital bed that day, Rob, uh, but also found a, a part of me. Yeah. Um, and this is where cancer in essence was a gift because I found my purpose, my reason for why I get out of bed every morning. And uh, and I realized that's to change lives. And you mentioned this interesting word of, of life changing. Um, we have this, these life changing experiences in our lives that, that are these wake up calls. And so um, when I found my life's purpose, which is to change lives, my own, my families, my teams and our clients and, and hopefully the world's, it really had this amazing sort of trickle effect or flow and effect on kind of everything and everyone around me, including and especially my accounting firm uh, at the time, because we had this beautiful opportunity now to express that personal uh, life's purpose uh, in our own business, in how that business showed up in the market and how it served uh, its community. And so a practical example, Rob, when I had bought my accounting firm, it was very standard practice, 200K timesheet uh, revenue, and it was called Inspire Chartered Accountants. And when I found my purpose, which is to change lives, I changed the name to Inspire life-changing accountants and it sort of put us on this pathway like a falling a set of falling dominoes to really ask ourselves well how can we as accountants really live up to that name and change the lives of of our clients uh, as as we show up in the market as accountants and accountants listening some of them may be surprised by that they're super smart people they're technically brilliant and they go into career where it's very black and white it's very binary it's very risk averse and it's not quite chained to your desk for 10, 15 years, your career path's mapped out, you might make partner and be successful or even 
start your own firm, but they don't talk a lot about meaning and impact and changing life. So this is a change in vocabulary, but in today's world, if they are looking for purpose, they perhaps do need to realign their goals career-wise. Totally. Well, uh, you speak about that that great resignation. And the truth is that we're all looking for more, more meaning in our work. It's a natural human tendency or, or desire to find that, that meaning and that purpose. And other than on the operating table after being blind outside by cancer, I found more meaning in my role as an accountant in a, actually a very logical place. It was in calculations. And I'll explain the concepts uh, here, Rob. Um, I noticed that we as a team were very busy doing timesheets, very busy getting jobs done, very busy getting the work out the door as efficiently as we could. And we never really took the time to sort of slow down and think, well, what, what difference is this advice? What difference is this uh, project? Or what difference or, or outcome or result is this producing for our clients? And so we slowed the process down just before we sent the job out to say, well, what is the, the financial uh, impact? Let, let's call it tax savings, Rob, that, uh, that our clients are experiencing as a result of implementing the advice that we've just done for them. And so we started measuring all of those tax savings, Rob. You know, how much tax would they have paid if they didn't follow our advice? Uh, compared to how much tax tax they they did pay as a result of our advice, and the difference was was tax savings. And we took those those measurements, and it gave us more re more reason and and meaning as to you know how impactful our advice was because it's now wasn't just a a job that I spent the last three months on. We found you know thirty thousand odd dollars in, in tax savings for the client. So. It gave us a really nice sort of feedback mechanism that our, our our work is making a difference. But once we had that number, we we took it on to another level. And we thought, well, I wonder what our clients would think about this this impact, this thirty thousand dollars in tax savings. So, for those who are watching visually, we we created these impact statements, and they're just A4 pages that had the name of the clients and it had the dollar figure of the tax savings. And when we presented the job to the client and handed it over, we just said, hey, look. Um, Will, we just saved you $32,546. I'm really curious, uh, what are you going to do with your tax savings? What, what difference uh, is this going to make to you and your business and your life? And so A. Will was able to connect with the value of what we were delivering for him as, as his accountant. Uh, but B, we had this really special moment where Will's answer was, in this case on this, the impact statement, uh, I want to reinvest this money into the business uh, to make a bigger impact. So we've calculated and formula, formulized and more importantly, made it tangible the, the, the impact that we're making for our clients. And so that sort of domino effect kind of built uh, and built, Rob, whereby you know, every client, every year, we would do the tax savings. We would sit down with them and say, what difference would that make? And here's another example with Jeff and Karen Nib. Uh, we saved them 20,000 Aussie dollars, uh, and that's going to go towards their holiday in New Zealand next year and extra cash flow uh, for the business. So again, another win, another impact, more meaning in my work as an accountant. Uh, another example I've got is, is Ray from Greenstone. Um, we saved them $36,152. Uh, Can you see, Rob, what he said he's going to do with it? Go on a bendy. He's going on a bender. So in Australia, it's like when you're spend a lot of money, go do lots of naughty things, go and have a, a drink and a, and a party effectively. So um, nice little funny impact there. I, I know this gentleman quite well. He's he's my dad. Um, I, I, I didn't uh, go on that bender with him. <laughs> but as you can see, Rob, with these impact statements, we have this uh, this stacking of 
of value and meaning and impact that we were making to the families across the other side of the, the table through the advice that we were giving. And so, um, for example, we never had retention issues or resignation issues to deal with as, as accounting firm owners because our team were really deeply connected to uh, the difference they'll make in their clients' lives. And back to that point around uh, life-changing, we, we were living up to uh, that name all through documenting the actual impacts that we were making as accountants. You kind of sent me a copy of your book, Stand Out, and you put images of those impact statements in the book. And it's intriguing. It speaks, doesn't it, to how accountants can better articulate the value that they bring to their clients. Totally. And, you know, it doesn't have to just be limited to tax savings. Like uh, we make a huge difference in our clients' lives, improving their profits, improving the value uh, of their businesses. Uh, we might help them out with home loans and help shave certain years off of the, the, the life of, of that loan. So there are so many ways that we make a difference in our clients' lives. Um, other than the touchy-feely, like, oh, great, I have more meaning, which is wonderful as, uh, as accountants searching for purpose. Uh, the other real amazing benefit I found, Rob, is it, it created some real context around how we articulate our value proposition. Um, I kind of use this formula that... Um, uh, our price uh, can equal uh, our costs, which at the time were you know, how much time it took, plus uh, the value. <laughs> and prior to having you know, measured our tax savings and articulated that really clearly to our clients, we, we struggled, as, as most accountants do, to articulate that value because it was quite intangible. And so the second we started sort of documenting these, these numerical tax savings, all of a sudden it, it created some great contrast to what our clients were paying and therefore demonstrated uh, a value proposition. Quick example or classic example, uh, back then our clients uh, may have paid us uh, about $500 a, a month or you know 6,000 Aussie dollars, let's call it uh, 4,000 pounds a year. Um, so that's an expense and uh, many, uh, many business owners feel like their accountants are just another expense uh, on the profit and loss. But if we can show them that, you know, yes, you're investing $500 a month, but on average, we're delivering back, you know, $30,000 in tax savings or $20,000 in tax savings or $10,000 in tax savings, then uh, they can really easily or more easily see that value proposition. And we can say things that like, uh, you know, on average, our clients have a three times ROI on every dollar that they spend with us in, uh, in terms of tax savings. So, uh, and it doesn't just help us find more meaning in our work day to day, but we could actually start to um, either have more confidence in the price that we do set uh, and the value that's delivered or even over time, like we did start to uh, increase those prices uh, with 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 reason uh, as well. My co-host Martin Bissett and I, we often talk on the show about the power of telling stories and how accountants have so many great success stories that often remain a hidden testimonial on their site somewhere or they're not even told and the fact that you don't get these stories out there in the public domain or you don't solicit them from your own clients, you lose a bit of your self-worth in realizing what a difference you're actually making. No, I, I'm keenly aware of that. And the, the key word that you said there is hidden. You know, we spend all this time, all this effort, and we create all this impact. But as long as it's sit, sitting there hidden, it, it's, not, it, it's not making any difference to us or our team or our, our clients. It's a well-kept secret, isn't it? It's a well-kept secret. <laughs> very, very many accountants are. And so I was really keenly aware of that fact. And so that was the birth of the impact statements. And so we leveraged them as much as we could in our offices 
these impact statements would cover the walls. And, you know, we had a, a team of 10 uh, after five years and in all of the walls of all of the offices, these impact statements were like wallpaper. And so you could imagine the effect of the team showing up to work every day, Rob, literally being surrounded or immersed in an environment of impact and realizing that they're the ones who made that very difference. Because most importantly, the first sale is to ourselves uh, when it comes to uh, to sales and marketing. Are we fully confident that we're making a real difference and a, and a tangible difference in our clients' lives? Um, so that's the first sale. The second sale is to, a, let's say, a prospective client. And so could you imagine, Rob, uh, them coming into our office for their very first client meeting, walking in to sit down in a, you know, uh, our offices and looking at the elephant in the room, which is these walls literally draped with all the impact statements, all the thousands and thousands of dollars worth of tax savings and the results that we've delivered uh, for our clients. So really powerful stuff. Um, one of the best uh, routines that we got into as a team is as we started measuring these tax savings, uh, we would take team photos. But, you know, you know typical or standard uh, accounting firm team photos are quite professional and, and rigid and, and cardboard and, and uh, you know, everyone's standing side by side. We would have uh, team photos where we would take photos of the the, the, the latest tax savings milestone that we had uh, reached. So, you know, here's a team photo with all of us around uh, the, the number 3 million, because that's uh, us reaching the, the $3 million in tax savings, or the $5 million or the $7 million mark, or uh, when I sold Inspire five years after I, I bought it, uh, we'd reached $10 million in tax savings. And if you see each of these milestone uh, impact photos, you, you can sort of see A, the size of the team grew, which was wonderful. Uh, but also you could sort of see on each of these photos that the smiles on each of the team members' uh, faces grew because they, they knew they were part of something bigger than themselves. And it wasn't just this intangible, touchy-feely, oh yeah, we do good work. It was really measurable, really tangible. They had literally millions of, of, of dollars worth of of measured example that lived true to that idea that as accountants, we change lives every single day. And regular listeners will be familiar with one of my favorite quotes, which comes from Muhammad Ali, the boxer. And he said, it ain't bragging if you've done it. It ain't bragging if you've done it. And accountants, they're not great at blowing their own trumpet. They're not great at announcing what a difference they've made. They're not great at recounting these stories. They're conservative by nature. They feel if I just do a good job, the world will be right and referrals will come to me. But there comes a time when you've got to cross over that line and say, all right, the world needs to know about the great stuff that we're doing. And even repeating back to your clients the difference that you made to them, they don't often see it themselves, do they? Absolutely. Um, I remember very vividly a part of the, the journey as these impact statements grew is we created a, a, a mission. We articulated a mission of where we're heading as a, as a business. And at the time, Rob, we articulated as, well, we're on a mission to become Australia's most impactful accounting firm. And, you know, a mission on its own can sometimes sound lofty, can sometimes sound unreachable, can maybe sometimes sound disconnected. But connecting our mission of, of, of impact back to, like you described, not bragging, but the, the tangible deliverable results that we were delivering for our clients every single day, it, it made it more real. And if we put ourselves in our client's shoes, and if we put ourselves in maybe a bigger market, a prospective client who's dissatisfied with their current account and then thinking of changing to you, then what do they really want at the end of the day? Um, they don't necessarily want to get their tax done or their, their accounting done. That's kind of red tape that we're, you know, as business owners, obliged to do. What we really want to spend our money on as business owners is to get results. And 
the clearer that we as accountants can articulate the results that we are generating for our clients already, the more certainty our prospective clients will have to say, well, look, yeah, you might be more expensive than my previous accountants, but I have more certainty that you're going to be able to deliver those results um, because of the, the measurement and the tangibility of what I can see A, all over your website, B, all over your, um, your offices and C, and you know, all, all the services that you deliver back to us. So it's really game changing when we start shifting from, uh, you know, how do we just get red tape out the door and to this new sort of mindset of how do we start delivering and articulating the results that our clients really want from us at the end sure. of the day. And I love your use of the word certainty. I'm fond of saying that people buy certainty. They don't buy vagueness. They don't buy complexity. They don't buy a myriad of choices. In fact, a confused buyer never buys. But a single outcome or focus or certainty in any way is convincing, it's persuading, it's influential in making one business owner swap from one accounting advisor to another one. Uh, we'll get you on the show another time, Harvey, to talk about growth. I know it's a pet subject of yours. How do you grow an accounting firm? You've done it. Uh, but in this book, Stand Out, it's about the standout accounting firm. And I know you've got a, a nine-step authority method, and people can check out the book and, and go into detail on that. But in an accounting firm standing out, in an age where all of the websites look the same, all of the promises are the same, the value statements are the same. How does an accounting firm stand out these days? Mm, it's um, the challenge that I faced when I first bought my accounting firm, Rob. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, it was a fairly standard accounting practice turning over a fairly standard 200K revenue. And we're only two and a half man band or team at the time. And over the next five years, we transformed that into a, a, a standout practice. Um, we were turning over $2 million in re recurring revenue when I sold uh, the practice and we were twice recognized as uh, one of the top uh, 100 companies in Australia. And the key idea that you mentioned, Rob, and the key strategy that helped us go from standard to stand out was, was authority. Um, you know, in the beginning, when we were quote unquote nobodies, one of 13,000 accounting firms here in Australia, then, and we were young guys with very little perceived experience, our authority was, was really low. And if you imagine this sort of sea of sameness, whereby, you know, the majority of accounting firms are, are hidden underneath uh, that waterline, uh, when we have low authority, we, we, we're hidden. We're our best secret, best kept secret, like you mentioned. And what I noticed is that the higher that our level of perceived authority was, the more that we stood out from this sea of sameness. It's kind of like a uh, iceberg that pokes out of the top of the yeah. Uh, you get noticed. Water line. You get talked about. You get noticed. You get seen, uh, and everything all of a sudden changes because um, you, you stand out from the rest. And so uh, it was about how do we elevate our authority. Uh, in order to stand out. And uh, for us, what I noticed, Rob, is that accountants, at least here in Australia, are generally perceived as as boring. <laughs> you went and said it, Harvey, didn't you? <laughs> no, I, if you didn't see on the video, I've got my inverted commas. But it's true. Pragmatic, uh, introvert to an extent, um, not really innovative, but just do what needs to be done and do the compliance and the regulatory stuff and keep people out of jail. And it's not particularly sexy or exciting on the face of it, but you're going to tell us that that's not the way to go. It's more than that, isn't it? Yeah, well, 
that that is a, a perception and keywords is, is how we are seen and what that perception is so whether it's true in all cases or not that's that's sort of secondary in our case the problem is some accountants see themselves that way as well which does nothing for the their own confidence and enhancing the profession as a career choice totally and you know our confidence grew and it's very different to our ego growing but our confidence grew when we started stacking the impacts and the, the difference that we we're making for our clients Without those measurable, tangible results, it was just—it's just ego that grows, as with, without any substance behind it. Um, but yeah, making that shift to to stand out. Um, like if gen, in general, accountants are seen as boring. What I noticed, Rob, is that in in general, by contrast, uh, authors uh, tend to be seen as authorities. Uh, I knew this well because I'm a huge reader uh, and had read many, many business books over the years and. And almost idolized, you know, the, the Tony Robbins of the world, the Jocko Wickerlinks, the um, uh, Gary Vaynerchuks, the uh, Tony Robbins of the world, who I'd gotten to know and whose uh, whose strategies and ideas really transformed my life and my business through reading the pages of, of their books, even though I never actually got uh, to meet them in person. Uh, that was the power of seeing them as, as authorities and implementing the ideas that I had read in their books. And so uh, what we found, Rob, the fastest way to kind of accelerate uh, our authority uh, and to stand out was we, we became authors. Uh, I wrote a book, um, my, my first book uh, as a business owner called uh, Cash Duck, uh, Seven Steps for More Money, Time and Happiness from Your Business. Uh, where is it? Here it is, my old faithful. Um, it's so cool becoming an author, Robin. I know you've ex experienced uh, this. Uh, here's the cashed up uh, book here. It was like a, a business card on steroids for uh, my accounting firm at the time. Um, it, it was really kind of crucial in us going from that 200K revenue to 2 million revenue. Uh, that's the upside, the good news. Uh, the, the bad news is this book uh, took me three years to write and about $30,000 uh, to, to produce. So, uh, yeah, really transformational stuff, uh, book power. Um, but it's, it's tough work writing a book like you, uh, have probably experienced being an author yourself. <laughs> but the point you're making Harvey is that when you start to create content as an accounting firm and as an accounting individual, maybe your firm's not on board with it, but you as a personal brand can start to put out, uh, your ideas and your thinking out there. Author is derived from, well, authority is derived from author. The Latin word. So yeah, we totally get that. It's becoming the go-to expert, the obvious expert, the go-to advisor of choice. If you like, I wrote a book on reputation. It was very much about being the obvious and standout choice for whatever it is that you do. And that's what you're encouraging accountants to get on board. Yeah. Well, you know, as accountants, we are so we're geniuses. We're intellectual geniuses. All the years that we spent at university, all the degrees and, and CPD hours, the professional development that we do, the experience, the studies, the tax law, the case uh, case law that we've got to learn. We, we are literally standing on a mountain of value. And the trouble is, is, is where does all that intellectual property live? Well, for the majority of us, it's here in this big, beautiful brain of ours. And what happens, you, you may have experienced this ever, Rob, is people go, hey, Rob, do you mind if I take you out for coffee and pick your brain? <laughs> have you ever experienced that before, Rob? Um, and it's a classic symptom that, you know, all of that IP, people recognize that there's a lot of it there, but it's it's hidden literally inside of your head. And so people go out and pick your brains. And if they, you know, do the courteous thing and, and, and pay for the coffee or pay for your lunch, and that takes an hour of your time, then really your effective hourly rate is, you know, the, the cost of a, a $5 coffee or a, a $30 lunch per, per hour, which is 
wild. So the problem isn't, you know, what would we write about if we were to, to choose to become an author or, or what do we, uh, or what are the ideas if we were to produce this content? Uh, the challenge is just, we're already got it there. It's just getting it out of our head and into different formats like books and videos and podcasts and keynote presentations and impact statements and uh, posters on the walls and ebooks that we can have on our website and PDFs and brochures. There's so many things that we can do to take this hidden intellectual property and make it more tangible so that it can really work for us uh, as it were a, a humble asset or employee of ours. So Harvey, just in closing, you, you've shared a lot about how accountants can change the world and change their own mindset. Would you leave our listeners who are very big into practical advice and takeaways into two or three tips or things that they can quickly do or quickly change to become a little bit more confident, a little bit more standout, a little bit more impactful in their everyday jobs. Awesome. Well, grateful that you had me here to share a little bit of my story. And I hope that story improves those listeners today. And I think that's a key word for my three tips that I'd love to share. Um, as accountants, we've got an opportunity to tell better stories. And so if we were to, one, start measuring uh, the impact that we were giving or making in our clients' lives every time we gave them advice, whether it was tax savings or profit improvement or increased business value, uh, we'll start to be able to uh, begin a more meaningful story by having this more tangible results uh, or outcomes that we're delivering for our clients. So that's step one, measuring our impact. Step two, uh, ask our clients when we deliver that, that advice and, and give them that tangible uh, tax savings or the tangible impact, ask them the question, what difference is that going to make to you and your business and your life? And what they're going to tell you, we're going to document uh, into a, a, a quote, uh, into a story, into an impact statement, perhaps. And what it'll start building for you is a series of stories that you and your team can tell your uh, clients about why they get value of being uh, a client of yours. And they can also tell those same stories um, to prospective clients in order to help them uh, have that certainty about changing uh, accountants. Uh, the third layer of stories or, or, or advice that I'd recommend is uh, let's get our team together for a, a weekly routine. I called it a thank you circle where we created 15 minutes at the end of the week to share stories amongst us about what we were grateful for achieving during the week. And inevitably, we'd tell each other these stories about the differences that we we're making in our clients' lives and help create this environment of, of meaning where we reinforce each other of the real difference that we we're making. So there's three tips that I think could help improve uh, each of our stories and help us uh, create more impact in our lives. They're really great, Harvey. And certainly that last one would spice up a lot of boring meetings that accountants tend to be in. Uh, sharing gratitude and sharing those stories. That's been brilliant. Thanks for inspiring us. We really appreciate your passion and your insights today. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting. Brought to you by Advanced Track. Your access to world-class accounting leaders global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class.
Thank you for listening to this new Talent in Accounting podcast. This is a relatively new show, but already has over a thousand listeners. So we appreciate you tuning in and sharing the show with your connections. If you have a potentially good guest you'd like to see on the show with some great insights on talent, reach out to me on LinkedIn with a message and we'll follow them up. And as we build this show up, we're looking for a couple of sponsors for whom talent and the accounting finance space is important. Loads of great opportunities to get your brand out there and share your key messages and even get some of your own guests on the show. Again, drop me a message on LinkedIn to tee up that conversation. And for great podcast content elsewhere, make sure you subscribe to our main show, Accounting Influencers, goes out every Monday. And join the 40,000 listeners in 150 countries for brilliant interviews with the top leaders, experts, and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Finally, why don't you join us and our community with some conversations at our next virtual speed networking session. These are now taking place every two months for accounting, finance, and tech professionals. 75 minutes of speed dating, great discussions, raising your personal profile, making new connections. Go to accountinginfluencers.com to register your free place for our next event. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.